If you missed the early part of the service, we're raising funds for Joe's place tonight, and so you can e-transfer and uh, uh, towards that and encourage you to give. Well, you might have noticed something changed in the weather. I'd say, baby, it's cold outside, but that song has fallen on hard times. <laughs> I didn't want to say, baby, it's cold outside, and someone say, no means no, or something like that which would be legit. But it's cold outside, so it's time to snuggle up inside. Do you have something that you use to snuggle up with? Like, do you have a favorite chair or a couch or, or even in bed? Like, do you have a blanket or something that you use to snuggle up with? Growing up, I was familiar with all of the snuggling essentials. So I knew what, how to snuggle with sheets or pillows or blankets or even towels coming out of the shower or, or quilts my grandma would make. And I spent a good portion of my life sleeping in a sleeping bag. When it came to getting comfortable, I figured I pretty much knew all there was to know. But then, I got married. Boy, was I in for an education. In the last 22 years, I've discovered several new products like duvets, comforters, bedspreads, coverlets, sleep sacks, snuggies, decorative pillows. It's really hard for me to say that one and guest towels. Well, I'm glad for all the things that I learned along the way from my wife, but I do occasionally have um, moments where my wife's response to how I use all of these new things indicates that I'm still a little bit confused about what the rules are and so I've got some time over the holidays now, and I'm really hoping that there might be, you know, something that can help me, maybe like a master class online uh, sponsored by Bed Bath & Beyond or something. <laughs> but what's your go-to for comfort? Is it thick? Is it plush? Is it fuzzy? Is it warm? Is it soft? Is it smooth? Is it all of the above? There's a lot of variety online. If you're still looking for a gift, I'm, I want to help you out here. If you're still looking for a gift, you should definitely check out the selection of comforters that you can get online. Now, if you think it's too late to order online, you're right. It's too late with Amazon. And it's even too late with Amazon Prime. But it's not too late with Amazon Optimus Prime. You should really try this service. It'll transform your life. Oh, I like that. So what I did was I Googled comforters, comforters for sale, and then I started looking for unique ones, things that would make great gifts. For, you know, there's a comforter out there for everyone. And so I found a few, and I'm going to just show them to you. And uh, maybe this will be the gift that you couldn't find for that one hard-to-find-for person. Or maybe it'll be a gift you'll want to buy yourself for Christmas. So... So here's the first one. The first one is for people who miss the ocean. Some of you are from the coast. So do you miss the ocean? 
This is the comforter for you. All right. How about, how about if you and your partner are night owls? Do we have one for them? Yes. Right? These are perfect. Look, just, just write them down. You're going to want to get these. Maybe you're the kind of person who just doesn't want to go to bed. That's perfect. Okay, what, what about after a night where you've eaten way too much fast food? Do we have a comforter for you? Mm-hmm. Now, maybe burgers aren't your thing, so let's also try something, something for the pizza fans. Ooh. <laughs> Ooey gooey good. <laughs> Or maybe you've always wanted to sleep out under the stars. Oh, okay. I think that one just sold. Or maybe you want to imagine that you are going to go to the stars. (laughs) Maybe it's the human body that you're most curious about. Or maybe your dream is to be a princess. Oh, got one taker over here. Or maybe your dream is to be a firefighter. Or how about you always wanted to be a flamenco dancer? I think a lot of us maybe just need a comforter that reflects our personality. If you're sitting with someone who that reflects their personality, just point at them right now and let them know you're on to them. How about a cardboard box duvet and a pavement sheet to show how tough you really are? (laughs) Or maybe your parents won't let you get a pet and you just need a faithful dog to keep you company. Maybe you and your spouse just want to pretend you're a royal couple. Or maybe you just want to get honest about how your marriage really works. That's the one we have at home. But in the end... It's all about comfort. You know, one of the reasons that blankets are so comforting is because of the physical pressure they exert on our bodies. For a lot of years, people would often talk about, oh, I've got this one blanket, and it's, it's extra heavy, and it just it feels so good. And the reason why is because it, it produces, when we're wrapped in a blanket or when we have a, a, a weightier blanket on it, we, it produces extra serotonin in our body. It's the, uh, the key hormone that stabilizes our mood. It, it, makes, me, it, it makes us feel amazing and, and comforted and, and, and just uh, a feeling of well-being and happiness. Does anyone own a weighted blanket? Okay, yeah. You know, I just bought a weighted blanket like just a month ago, and I used it a little bit, and then one of my son's 
borrowed it, and I've never seen it since. And my wife tells me that he thinks it's amazing, which for me is not very much comfort at all. But weighted blankets have become a, a big thing. A lot of people really like them. It's sort of they want that, that maximum amount of that feel-good feeling, of that comfort, of that serotonin in their system. And now, I've taking that principle of the weight of the weighted blanket, um, my wife and I, in our parenting journey, which has been about 20 years with babies coming and going, because we've had our own kids and then we've had foster kids, and always took babies. Um, we've got to sort of see some unique things, either through training or just great tricks my wife knew about how that pressure, that good pressure, really makes a difference. So uh, some of the things, some of the things we've done along the way, uh, my wife got this special brush, and it's just got the finest little uh, sort of rubber um, tips on it. And if you had a baby that struggled, it seemed to struggle to settle down, you just give that baby a brush. Just like, you know how you brush down a horse? Very similar, but that's a harsh brush, and this is just super gentle. But just that, that pressure coming down on the baby's arms and legs will calm the baby down. Also, another technique that I've seen my wife use really well is, is the squeeze on the arms, just to start at the top and just give a squeeze. And she just counts. She just goes, one, two, three, and just right down the arms and right down the other arm. And often, we had a little guy with us just recently, and he would... Uh, He'd be all antsy and sort of out of sorts, and it would be by the time she got to the second arm, he'd start to calm right down. It's amazing. Um, swings can bring comfort, right? Baby swings, just that sensation, a little different physical sensation. Um, another suggestion that good friends told us was warm water on the back of the neck. Just warm water on the back of the neck can bring comfort. Obviously, a shower has a similar effect. And... Um, I was in one training session with, uh, with fostering. You train with social services. I was in one training session, and I heard uh, a presenter say that some kids, not babies, you wouldn't do this with a baby, but when they get a little bit older, they like a little bit of pressure on their head. So just to put a little bit of, not on the temple, but a little bit of pressure on either side of the head or on the front and the back. And I could hardly wait to get home and try that on my kids. Uh, but just a little bit of gentle pressure. And I tried it on one of my kids, and they said, yeah, that feels good. Amazing. And of course, there's hugging and holding and rocking and kisses. But the one technique that I've pretty much seen my wife use on every baby that's been in our house is swaddling, swaddling. And swaddling shows up in the Christmas story. In Luke 2.4, the shepherds are told, this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. In uh, the King James Version, I think it says, wrapped in swaddling clothes, or strips of cloths is another one used. So whether it was one blanket wrapped up, I've seen my wife do that. She'll take a baby blanket and wrap it up, and by the time she's done, the arms are sort of pinned to the side in a nice way, and they're all tucked in, and it's just amazing for the baby. But this was part of, this, of, the, of the scriptural story of, of Christmas, as the shepherd said, you know, this will be a sign. This will be a sign for you. It's a pretty significant sign. If God is coming, if God, Emmanuel, is going to be with us, he's going to come, and, and how you'll know it's him is you're going to find him all swaddled up and lying in a manger. 
Mary wrapped and swaddled Jesus. And, and swaddling does several things. It, um, it helps a child to not hurt themselves. Right? Sometimes with a, you know, even a fingernail or something like that, they can scratch themselves or they can hurt themselves because they're just sort of feeling themselves around in the world and they'll, hurt, they'll poke their own eye or something like that. So it can help them not just hurt themselves. Also, swaddling simulates the feeling of being in the womb. Now, I think people are so eager to have that feeling. I noticed that all over Canada and all over the North America, they're opening up floating pod stations, like places where you can go and just float in this temperature that's pretty similar to your body temperature in water that's got lots of salt in it, so you just float, and, uh, and it's sort of like, and it goes totally dark. It's almost like we want to go back to the comfort that we once experienced inside of our, our mother's womb. Um, also, some people think that swaddling clothes in the time of Jesus, that sometimes they would use that to write, to mark on the swaddling, on the clothes, the name of the child, or at least maybe the last name, so people would know that baby belongs to who, because the baby could never tell you the answer. So that was something that they, they did as well. So Mary wrapped Jesus in order to comfort him, and in order to uh, protect him, and in order to indicate who he belonged to. So, in Luke 2.12, this is in the message version, it says, this is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. When you study God, when you study God, who he is, there's a, a sort of a, a part of the study of God called the theology or the doctrine of identification. And the basic gist of it is this, is that God came and identified with us through becoming human. Even though Jesus was 100% God and 100% man, that's hard to get our heads around. We'd say that adds up to 200%, but it's a miracle. He had to go through everything we experience in humanity so he could identify with us. He went through life, betrayal, relationships, pain, joy, temptation, hunger, happiness, everything. And he did it all without sinning so that he could identify with what we feel. And one of the very first experiences that Jesus had coming as God in the flesh was being comforted. Being comforted. See, God himself needs no comfort. He's complete in himself. God in his divinity doesn't need comfort. But we who live in this world, where we get cold and we get hurt and we get hungry and we get thirsty and we get all sorts of needy things... We need comfort. So God himself came to experience what we experience. The need for comfort. And you know, at the beginning of Jesus' life, or in his childhood, he was comforted, but at the very end of his life, he was talking about comfort. The day before, the day before he was going to go to the cross, he said to his, uh, his closest friends, his followers, the 12 disciples, he said, he said, I'm, don't worry. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. But I've asked the Father, and he's going to send another comforter. See, Jesus was a comforter. Jesus was a comforter. He brought incredible comfort to the people he interacted with. You have to know the context a little bit. 
You have to know how uncomfortable the people really were. They were really uncomfortable. I mean, you could say, well, the Romans were oppressing them and things were going bad in the nation. Yes, that's true. But the whole globe was uncomfortable. If you read the story of the Bible all the way from the beginning, in the beginning, God meant for us to be in a harmonious relationship with him, to sort of manage the world together, to grow and prosper and flourish. And we were meant to be partners with God. And then we decided we don't want to be partners with God. Humanity, through Adam, rejected that harmonious relationship with God and chose to go its own way. And so there's a discomfort that came into the world. Oh, tons of discomfort. You know, it's funny because there's still so much good in every person, right? You know, the ability to love and to care and all those things. But we can't ever kid ourselves that it hasn't been spoiled in some way or it hasn't been marred in some ways because so much other stuff comes out of us as well. So much stuff that we can't say is good, but we can say is a result of our choosing to go our own way and rejecting God's way for us. And so the story of why was this great tidings of great joy, comfort and joy, as that one song goes, why was it so great, such great comfort and joy? Because there was so much discomfort and there was such a lack of joy in the world. That's why it was such good news when God decided to become with us. And so Jesus brought comfort into the world. Jesus, at one point, he, he stood overlooking the city of Jerusalem, and his heart for people was just on display. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you. And then he uses this metaphor. Like a mother hen would gather the little chicks underneath her wing. A little bit of that serotonin, a little bit of that comforting pressure, a little bit of that, I'm safe. Jesus is saying, that's my heart for people. And that was on display, and people saw it, and people experienced it, and that's probably why the disciples were so nervous about all this talk Jesus had about leaving and being gone. And he said, I'm going I'm to send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit. See, we're meant to experience the comfort of God in our lives. We're meant to experience the comfort of God in every part of our lives. Galatians 5.25 says, since we're living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. One of the great greetings that was in the early church was the greeting that they would, uh, uh, was a repetition of what the Apostle Paul said at the end of 2 Corinthians. He said, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit we be with you all. We're meant to have experience the presence of God through the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what we're made for, to be in relationship with God, this harmonious relationship with God where, where He guides and He directs and He protects and He comforts. But the problem is our discomfort stems from our going a different way, going away from God and going our own way. I got a call this um, November, and it was my best man for my wedding, Glenn. And I hadn't talked to him for hmm, maybe a couple of years. But if you're a guy, maybe you know how this works. You just pick up where you left off. 
right? You know, it's like, it's great. These are low-maintenance relationships. Girls have high-maintenance relationships, as far as I can tell, and they really work hard. And at the end of their lives, they have lots of friends, and I won't have any. But anyhow, it's still quite different. But he phones me out of the blue, and I'm like, hey, nice to hear from you. This is great. And he said, I'm praying for you today. I'm like, whoa, I'm, that's cool. You pray. And he said, yeah, I was praying for you today, and I just got a couple things that came to my mind, and I thought they might be for you. And this is what he said to me. He said, I want you to know that God's got this. I was like, okay, let me get this right. Glenn, you live in Abbotsford, where it's all fires and then all floods. And you're phoning me to encourage me in flat Saskatchewan, where nothing ever happens, that God's got this. I said, I love that. I love that. Are you like treading water while you say this to me? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're safe, we're safe. But God put you on my heart. And I'm just trusting that this word is for you. And then he gave me a scripture, Matthew 6, 33. He said, Steve, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. But make your priority to seek God. And I was like, that's cool. And at the time, I was just like, thank you. That's like, I'm really blessed that you do that. It didn't really hit me. But you know what? That's hit me in waves since then. And Glenn was just being guided by the Spirit of God. And here's the cool thing. When God brings comfort into your life, he makes you a comforter. He'll bring comfort into other areas of your life. I remember a couple of years ago, I was traveling uh, with a number of, you know, 20-somethings. We were all 20-somethings traveling across Western Canada. And I remember having this chat with two other guys, uh, Jason and a different Glenn. A couple of Glens are in the story tonight. Two of the guys. And we were talking about what really drove us to give our lives to God? What, what really brought us to that point where we trusted in what Jesus had done for us on the cross and we just put, we bet our whole lives on that? How did we come to that point? For me, it was really simple because I did it when I was a kid. So I said, well, you know, I was scared of death and I was scared of what happened after death and I didn't have any peace in my life. I had a lot of fear. And then I responded to God and a lot of that fear really just went away. Not that I don't have normal fears, but a lot of those fears about death and what happens, that hasn't been a real issue in my life since I was a kid. Then, uh, then it was uh, Jason's, no, yeah, it was Jason, he, he shared, and he said, uh, and he'd come to follow Jesus when he was an adult, like in his 20s. And he said, yeah, for me, it was like I got in drugs, into drugs, I got involved in some sort of petty crime, but got deeper and deeper because I was with the wrong people. And... Uh, I needed to get free of my addictions, and I wanted a brand new start in my life. I'm like, and that's what drew him to, to Jesus. And then the last one was Glenn, the second Glenn. Anyhow, he said, I was in high school. That's when I really gave my life to Christ. In high school, I had a lot of friends that sort of were fair-weather friends. They were there in one moment when, when times got tough, they weren't there. And, and some of them backstabbed me and some he said all these experiences he goes when I heard that God is a friend that will never abandon you that he'll always be there for you I wanted that so badly that I decided to give my life to God lots of different reasons for why people give their lives to God but in the end what you get is you get this ongoing relationship with God I think if we were all three together right now we'd say man I came to God because I was scared of death but I've got so much more I came to God because I wanted freedom and a new start, would say Jason, but I got so much more. 
Glenn would say, I came to God because I wanted someone who'd always be there for me, but I got so much more. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be your comfort. He wants to be your guide and your director in your life. The problem is sometimes, though, when we come to God, we, we come to him based on simply a felt need, and we, we fail to realize that the real prize is having a relationship with him. When I say that God wants to comfort you, you might hear it wrong. You might hear that, oh, yeah, well, that's the most important thing in my life is to be comfortable. I want to put my feet up. I want life to go easy. I don't want any circumstances to trouble me. That's not what God's promising. That's not what he's promising. He's promising something far deeper than that. And that is that when you go through hard times, when you experience suffering, when circumstances are not in your favor, that he is there with you. And that he's producing a deep joy, a deep peace within you, in spite of the circumstances. So the Bible says he's the God of all comfort. And he's the one who can make the difference in our lives eternally. And so it was so good news when, for, the, for the people in that time when they knew that here was the whole world separated from God and here comes Jesus to bring reconciliation. From separation to reconciliation. That's why he came. And it wasn't just for the whole world, it was for you. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life with him. I want to just invite you this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, well, there's a lot of things in my life that need comfort. There's maybe a lot of things in this year that need comfort. I need the reassurance that God provides in very specific areas. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your, your marriage. Maybe it's with your relationship with your kids. It could be any sort of family tension or with your friends. It might be in the career path that you're in. Your job is creating some very unique anxieties for you. But God wants to not just come in and sort of fix a small part of your life. He wants all of you. Those are his conditions. He wants all of your life. And as one who's given him all of my life, I realize it's the best thing I could ever have done. And the more I seek after him and the more I run after him, the more I experience that deep peace, that deep comfort, that deep joy that he stands to give us. So I want to just end our time together with this. If you have never sort of crossed that line of faith to say, yeah, I want to give God my life. I want to experience all that he has to offer. I've been running things my way up to this point, and I can sort of see the weaknesses of that pretty clearly. I want to experience what it is to walk in harmony with God, for my sins to be forgiven, for my future to be under his guidance, and for my forever taken care of. Well, then I'm going to just lead you in a prayer tonight. And if you want to pray this, you can just pray this in your own heart. You don't have to say it out loud. That's okay. But the main thing is that God knows you, and he sees you right where you're at.
He saw you when you walked in here tonight. He saw what you did the rest of the day. He loves you, and he wants to give you a brand new start. Not living for yourself, but living for him. So I'm going to pray, and if you want to, you just, if you really feel that this is where you're at right now, then I want you to just speak to God in your heart, and he knows exactly where, you're, where you come from, and he knows exactly where you're at. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that when you saw us separated from you, you didn't walk away, but you came towards us. The thought of God being with us is so sweet to us because it's not what we deserved, but it's what we got. It's way more than we deserved. And so we thank you, God, for sending Jesus. And thank you for his perfect life lived so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. And he could take the punishment for all of our sin on himself. Thank you for the great exchange that you're offering us. That you'll take on yourself all of our sin and put onto us your righteousness. You give us a, a right standing with God. And right now, we just reach out to you today. I want to be right with you, God. I want my sins forgiven. I'm sorry for the ways in which I've gone my own way, and now I want to go your way. And I want your guidance and your leadership in the days ahead. I want you to flow through me to others. Would you bring a deep-seated peace into my life, a deep-seated comfort, and then make me a comforter? Let me share that with the world. Give me the power and the direction and the insight into how I can partner with you. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.